Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I am Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We've both worked in ministry for a number of years and have seen just about everything. And as damaged as we are, we are ready to dive into and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every minister has. Guys, well, good. just so y'all know, <laughs> we've, got, we've gotten some feedback on the podcast that sometimes we can be a little dry, a little... Uh, I don't know. We, we, we need more energy. So Chris and I, I could just tell Chris was really trying to have a lot of energy on that intro. And it was making me laugh. Sorry, guys. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. So today I'm going to talk about... You're not about, even going to address this. that. You're not even How gonna am I not going to address it? We need energy. You're just like going to move on by. Well, I want to use the energy <laughs> towards the podcast. I don't want to use the energy to talk about how we need the energy that we're using. Let's roll. All right. Let's go. All right, so there's this, uh, there's this, uh, I don't know, YouTube guy. His name's Brian Holdsworth, and he put out this video, Liturgy, Your Taste Doesn't Matter. And it went on to talk about uh, really the sacredness of the liturgy and how we submit ourselves to God. It talked about an incarnational God that creates accessibility for himself. And if for some reason you're going to the liturgy and you're not enjoying it, because it doesn't have music that's contemporary enough, or it doesn't have a homily that's up your alley, or whatever it is, he said, your personal tastes don't matter. We need to submit ourselves to the liturgy. And everything he said in the video, I think was actually right and true, right? There was definitely Mm -hmm. a lot of truth. But there's something about the way he said what he said that left me kind of feeling like cafeteria Catholics go to the back, go to the back of the line, or cafeteria Catholics, like if you don't submit yourself fully, um, then then you're doing it wrong. And I think that as ministry leaders, like those are our people, yeah. like cafeteria Catholics, th- that's our demographic. Mm-hmm. So what what do we do with that? Yeah. How do we bring truth to cafeteria Catholics? How do we minister the banquet to those who only want to pick and choose. And we're not just talking about the liturgy here, but we're using that as kind of an on-ramp into this conversation. As we dive into this topic, we just want to be clear that we are broken people as well. We don't possess the fullness of the truth or anything along those regards. So we don't want to come across as judgmental. And again, like every topic, we're going to approach it imperfectly. So buckle up and enjoy the ride. Yeah, and we love you. The video for me talked about the liturgy, but... It spoke to me of like, whoa, 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 this, this person is talking about ministry in general, and he's, he's using kind of the liturgy as the means to talk about that. If we applied some of these things that he was saying to catechesis or to evangelization, we would be in a messy spot, Yeah. right? Because th- then we'd say, well, it's the fullness of truth, and if you don't understand the church's teaching on sexuality, then you need to submit yourself better because your tastes, your, your misunderstandings don't matter, yeah. you know? And, and I'm, I know I'm putting some words in the mouth of the person, and we will share the link to the video. It's about a 10-minute video, so buckle up. But what do we do when there's cafeteria Catholics that want to pick and choose that are in our ministry that disagree with the church's teaching on certain or very uh, major issues, and, and we're still yet called to create pathways? And I want, I want to define that a little bit better. So we're not talking about what you place preference on. Because, I mean, you talk, you look at the, the breadth of Catholic teaching and the breadth of what she cares about and what's important to her. If you were to make all of those things important in your life, you would be spending like one minute 
doing each thing. But God wants you to focus on what you're passionate about. So that's where God uses your desires to, to get you to focus and, and get something done in a particular area. So I'm fully consent to all the teachings of the Catholic Church, right? I'm pro-life. I am pro the immigrant. I am all, all, all these things. But God has chosen me, asked me to spend my time, to invest my time in youth ministry and in developing ministry leaders. He hasn't called me to spend the big chunk of my time working to have change in the culture for pro-life. Now, I do things for that. I'll go to the march. I have actually been a sidewalk counselor at times, but the focus of my time is on youth ministry and developing ministry leaders, whereas other people have the opposite. They fully believe that passing on the faith to the next generation is very important, but they spend their time focusing on pro-life because that's where their passions are. It doesn't mean that they're a cafeteria Catholic. They, they believe in everything the, the church teaches, but they're focused on the, their particular area. And I think sometimes we can look at people focused on a certain area and not on our area as doing it wrong. <laughs> but that's not, and that's, that's not a cafeteria Catholic. That's not what we're talking about here, Right. So what is what is a cafeteria Catholic? You're absolutely right. Yes. So we were created with our own passions, and the Lord puts those in. Those charisms are meant to be applied specific to our own charisms and the needs that the church has, which are very broad, mm-hmm. the needs that God's people have. Yep. And so what defines a cafeteria Catholic? So I prefer this aside from this, and this is why. Well, that that's fine, but... Well, I disagree with the church's position on this. Like you and I have openly on this podcast talked about how we have struggled with the way bishops have responded. Some bishops have responded to the, the recent scandals in the church. Sure. Yeah. Does that make us cafeteria Catholics because we're disagreeing with the actions of leaders? Just because you struggle with a particular church teaching also doesn't necessarily mean that you're a cafeteria Catholic because struggling with it means that you're still, you know, wrestling with it. So, like, because I, I have a hard time, and you and I have talked about this, and I've talked about the other people, the way that we handle annulments and stuff like that, that is something that I still struggle with, even though I, I, I know everything I should need to know to, to be able to fully assent, you know, to what the church teaches on that. I still struggle with aspects of that and how that affects us, you know, as people. Um, so and str- there was a large season in my life where I struggled with uh, the role of Mary, Mm. And, and the the priority, like, why do we need Mary? I was kind of a, a Protestant view, like, why do we need Mary when we have Jesus and mm-hmm. um, all, all those different pieces? I mean, the, some of the arguments against it made a lot of sense to me, and it took me a while to come around. Now, I wouldn't say that I was a, a cafeteria Catholic, but I was kind of like seeking seeking deeper understanding in regards to that. There, I mean, <laughs> there was a season in my life, though, where I, I was a cafeteria Catholic when contraception wasn't a big deal to me. I mean, that's long in the past, but I, that was something that I, I didn't agree with, so I didn't follow. Um, and that's what I would call, you know, a cafeteria Catholic, something I, I don't agree with. I know better, <laughs> or I'm smarter, or whatever, and I am not going to follow this. I okay, had, so someone who <laughs> knows the teaching and chooses willingly to do otherwise, yeah, as if they're literally picking one aspect of the Catholic Church and throwing it to the side— and embracing other aspects that fit fit them better. And when you say knows the teaching, I think there's uh, like there there may be a difference there too because I didn't know the teaching. Okay, yeah, because I think I think that's the challenge is a lot of the Catholics they don't even know what 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 the church's true position is. I think about you know, kind of our episode with uh, Chris Damon 
um, or Damien, uh, about uh, same-sex attraction, and that there's just kind of this ignorance around what the church's position is yeah. regarding yeah. homosexuality in general. And a lot of people think that the, the church hates LGBTQ, yeah. and that's simply not the truth. No. And so, uh, so I could see some people considering themselves cafeteria Catholics when, in fact, <laughs> if they actually knew the church's teaching, they would be able to have a deeper understanding and be more aligned they're, with the church. They're actually yeah. not objecting to the church teaching. You know, yeah. they just think they yeah. are. But then there are also people who are very well educated in all of these areas, but still choose, you know, not to not to follow. But I think it, I think the key is choosing not to follow, not necessarily the education level. Um, I think it's the the choosing not to follow that is the um, I would I would say that's probably the definition of cafeteria Catholic. Well, then I I don't know if we have very many cafeteria Catholics that we minister to. I think we might have some ignorant ignorant people in certain areas, right? You and I are ignorant in a number of areas. You know, there, sure. there's aspects of the church's teaching and truth that we might not have uh, an understanding of to be able to assent to or fully assent to, right? And so... Well, I would say, I mean, even if my understanding of the teaching is wrong, but I still say, no, I'm not going to follow that, it's your assent. It's your assent to your understanding of the truth. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's not like, yeah, but technically they may not be you know, against church teaching, but they right. choose to say they are or believe that they are. I had, so I, I had a, a funny story, you know, I want to go back to way back machine, like, I don't know, 18 years ago or something like that. My wife and I are way, first married. Way back machine. Okay. <laughs> the squeaky wheel gets the oil, but you're going to call a time machine a way back machine. That's okay. A, yeah. I, I, sorry. On, on, like, I don't know if it still exists, but there was a website uh, that you could use to look at cached versions of old websites, and it was called the Wayback Machine. So that's okay. why it's in my head. Um, sure. <laughs> the, so uh, my wife's in medical school. It's like her first year or second year, and we are hanging out with some of her med, med school friends, and they know that I'm a youth minister. And so one of them comes up to me. He's like, hey, Matt, I got a, I got a question to ask you. Okay. It's like, I, I really need to find a church. Oh, awesome. That's great. It's like, do you know one that is okay with premarital sex? <laughs> I'm like, what? You know? And that is quintessential, like to me, cafeteria Christian or whatever. Like, yeah. I want to find a church that, that agrees with what I believe, you know, or will let me do what I want to do. There's no submission. There's no sacrifice. I've remembered that conversation for 18 years. And that, that was one of the points that Brian Holdsworth in his video was making. Like, your tastes don't matter. If you prefer a church that's okay with premarital sex, well, that doesn't matter because truth is truth, and it's external to you, and we assent to it or we embrace it as truth is. And that's a gift that Christ has given us. It's not like we can say, oh, you gave me a red car and I was actually hoping for a blue car. And so now I'm going to be disappointed. And sometimes he says we approach the liturgy in that way. Oh, this isn't, this isn't the right jams for my liturgy or this isn't the right preaching or uh, they didn't choose the right uh, Eucharistic prayers that I prefer. Mm -hmm. So the liturgy was no good. And he's basically saying, no, that attitude is no good. Mm -hmm. But in saying that, I feel like I almost felt like he was saying that cafeteria Catholicism, they're not valid Catholics. Yeah, and that's like we haven't like said that yet. <laughs> we don't want to sound like the the judgmental people that will stand up and say, if you don't believe everything, you're not Catholic. 
Right. And so cafeteria Catholicism is still Catholicism. Yeah. <laughs> now, this is going to sound scandalous, but you can be Catholic and pro-choice because misalignment with the gospel, right, it accents our need for the Savior. It accents our need for Jesus Christ. This is why I go to confession, not because I'm pro-choice, but because, and I'm not pro-choice. <laughs> I dug a hole. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> I dug a hole. Um, but because my actions sometimes aren't aligned with the gospel. This is why I need Jesus Christ, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're not a church of judgmentalism, but rather a church for sinners in need of healing. Yeah. And the fact that there's Catholics that are misaligned with the gospel shows their need our need for the Savior Jesus Christ, our dependence on Him, and the the, the need for us to continue the journey. Yeah. And that's great because we're we're a hospital for sinners, not a uh, hotel for saints, as it's been said before. Yeah. Or uh, whatever version Matt Matt said <laughs> that is more common. Is it a museum for saints? Is it okay? I'm yes, not yes. Sure. <laughs> Let me hop in my Wayback Machine and go check. Oh. Man. Anyways, all of us fall short of where we, where God wants us to be. Um, he loves us right where we're at, no matter what. God loves you right where you're at, no matter what. But he, he wants you to take that next step, you know, in commitment to him and in alignment with him, in alignment with his will. The same thing goes with our beliefs, you know, what we, what we assent to with regards to the Catholic teaching and the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church loves you right where you're at. But, they, but she wants you to draw closer to her draw more in alignment with her. And we need to keep that in mind when we look across the pew or we look in, we're in the car and we see a bumper sticker that's pro-life or that's for a candidate that we wouldn't believe, you know, um, upholds Catholic teaching. And we're like, oh, that's, that's not a Catholic. Well, stop it. Like the Catholic church and God loves that person right where they're at. And, And he and the church are hopefully working with them to help them take that next step. Right. So when when I see that pro-life bumper sticker that says you can't be both Catholic and pro-choice, it hurts me. Yeah. Because it creates an us and them when, (laughs) let's just be broken together. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and don't get me wrong, these these Catholic, I'm doing air quotes, these Catholic politicians who push abortion, I, I, I struggle with that. I think that that's very problematic. But they're broken in a different way than I am. <laughs> but we're still both bad Catholics. Like I don't consider myself an amazing Catholic. Mm, yeah, I consider myself a Catholic in training, right? I think a saint in training, you know. And I and I'm I'm, I'm eating the soft foods. Like oh my gosh, you know, in that scripture verse where it says, "When you were a child, we fed you like a child." But now we're getting you onto more solid foods. Like I love me some Jesus applesauce, <laughs> yes, some baby food, right? <laughs> prayer time with consolation like that is amazing yep. you know dark night of the soul like I, I don't like the steak <laughs> i don't like it's too hard to chew on you know all of that and so there's all these catholics that are are broken in different ways than i am and so i get on my invisible high horse and start to judge them that's not the way that we journey together as a community that's not the way that we're supposed to reach out to other people and mm-hmm. so so the this these cafeteria catholics are our mission field yeah Right, absolutely, and and it, it's not just the, t- the the teens or the children or the youth. We have we have elderly people in our community that are holding on to uh, misunderstandings of the truth, and we need to share the gospel and love them as well with that same regard. How do we char- charitably address these issues? Yeah, well, I mean, one one thing you are not going to argue them into 
submission, <laughs> you know, into believing your side. Because that, that, that's just not, not how humans work. We defend what we believe in. Arguments are not going to work. Wait, 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 wait. But have you heard of the internet? In the comments <laughs> sections, everyone thinks that if they can just tell the other person how wrong they are, that that'll work. And conversions just happen. It's amazing. It's just all over. Everybody Every comment says, section right. ever. I'm conversion, wrong. conversion. Yeah, that's, it always ends with, you're right. Thanks for your conversation. <laughs> Thank you yeah, for yeah, sharing yeah. your wisdom. Yes. <laughs> no, but, but it's a great question because it feels like a high wire, like a tightrope. You know, you just, it's a hard balancing act of, how do we share the truth in a way that is accessible without making those who believe otherwise to feel like uh, they're judged? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do we instruct the ignorance without a sense of pride coming across of we're right, you're wrong, or the church is better than you, therefore, but instead make it like grandma calling you home, like come home, yeah. back home. There's good warm food here. Yeah, the first thing we I think we we have to do is make sure that we have that same mindset, you know, that if if God and the church loves this person right where they're at, I need to as well. I need I need to love them where they're at and be okay with where they are. The reason I say this is one of the things that I think is a good example of how to respond to this is what we did um, in a way by bringing Chris Damien on. You know, is is you and I having a conversation, um, other people in a way listening in on the conversation about something very important and charitably in love talking about something that needs to be talked about, right? Sure. Now, a lot of times what happens is let's say you have a, a, a dinner and friends come over. Who knows who's in the crowd? You get a couple of pro-life people talking and then they start to bash the pro-choice. Well, you've got a pro-choice person sitting right there in the room. And now you've, the, the heart that you have, the lack of heart you have for the pro-choice person comes out. And that pro-choice person hears that. Nothing's going to change about them. If in your conversation, your heart for them, your love for them comes out, or you don't even talk about them, but you talk about the beautiful reasons why you're pro-life. And you don't necessarily talk about all the negative things about the pro-choice then that person hears that and they see, oh, well, you know, this is not about us and them. They actually, the beauty of what they believe is, is impelling. I, I, I want to be a part of that. I, I believe that. I absolutely love it. Yeah, because oftentimes when we talk about chastity or we teach chastity, it's a list of things you're not supposed to do. You're yeah. not allowed to do. Yeah. And that's not teaching chastity. No. Right? That's not. Because chastity is a virtue, which is a positive action. Instead of negative things to avoid, chastity is not running from something, but rather running to something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and I see that. However, just meeting someone where they're at and loving them where they're at, I don't think that that's the full picture. Because, Matt, if your child went and touched the hot stove, like, well, I guess my child wants to touch the hot stove. I know it hurts them, but I'm going to love them right where they're at. He'd be a horrible father, right? True. And so the sin hurts people, right? And so it it depends on where their kind of position is at, because we we have to meet people where, where they're at. We have to love people where they're at, but we also have to be bold enough not to leave them where they're at. Yeah. But you, I mean, like, there's there's a huge difference between uh, someone's beliefs and and yeah because I like I train youth ministers every day that's what I do um, one of the things I allow is failure I allow them to to touch that stove periodically 
um, if it's a small thing. Now, uh, letting my kid or letting you know one of my staff members touch the stove is a small thing. They're going to get burned and they're going to learn. Hot. <laughs> Don't touch that. Don't do that again. Now, allowing them to walk off a cliff where they die? Absolutely. Stop that. <laughs> like, you can't do that. This is not good for you. And what if it's allowing them to walk off a cliff where an unborn child instead dies? Where <laughs> someone else dies. <laughs> right, because that's what the pro-life conversation, the, the example that you gave... Right. It's hard to be able to say, let's just meet people where they're at. And in, in, in regards to the analogy that was given, because it is, it's grave, it's serious, it's mortal, yeah. right? It wounds, yeah. it can wound someone. And so how, how do we reach in to those situations and affirm the person without affirming the, I, I, I just blew this topic into a whole nother realm. Yeah. I don't, I don't know <laughs> we if we're going to no be able to address. <laughs> we have no, no time. So. Let's put a pin. Let's just put a pin in it, okay? Let's put a pin in that because it. But there is a tension in regards to navigating and sharing truth with the ignorant as people who are also broken and ignorant in certain areas. First thing we do is we don't call them ignorant, <laughs> especially to their face. <laughs> That's. I mean, technically they don't know, but yeah, still. <laughs> One of the works of mercy is instructing the ignorant. That's that's actually what it's called. Yes. I mean, in, in, instructing the, the grease, greasing the ignorance. <laughs> if you have no idea, you need to listen to last week's episode and the little debate that we had over the squeaky wheel gets the oil versus the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Uh, Chris, with your inside jokes. We, um, I, all right. I can't get over this hill. So, yeah. So what if it's like, it's, it's a grave matter. It's, it's a big deal. We need to... To, to teach people about this, um, but you're, you're not going to be able to beat them over the head with it. I mean, you can, even if it's a grave matter and you need to, to teach that to them, the, sometimes the way you go about it, they will never, they, they, they won't receive nothing it. Nothing will right, ever They will change. never receive it. And so yes. you may need to be ready to play the long game and be patient, you know, because God was patient with you. God is right. patient with you. You need right. to be patient with them and, and pray for them um, and, and do the best you can to set an example that they want to join. Like be the example of, of your belief of, or of the Catholic Church belief that they want to be a part of. Like be joyful, be loving, um, because if you're not that, nobody wants to be like you. Right. We need to be the sweet aroma of the sacred chrism we received when we were confirmed. Yeah. Right. And that's what draws people back, the, the beautiful scent of that sacred chrism. I'm sorry. Those, the judgmental, you're doing it wrong, da, 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 all that stuff. No one wants to be like you. You are not no, going that, to win anyone. I'm sorry. That's an odor. That's an odor, not a scent. <laughs> the scent of sacred chrism versus the odor of judgmentalism. Yeah. Right. A lot of times it's not these humongous issues. True. That, that you walk up to someone and say, well, I'm going to be vulnerable and share with you, like, this is how I'm a cafeteria Catholic, right? <laughs> In what ways do you struggle with the church's teaching? Like, well, my name's Ralph. <laughs> I have no idea what who you are. You know, I'm a ministry leader. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Horribly awkward. But it could be someone that shows up in shorts and flip-flops to Sunday Mass, right? And there is definitely a better way to dress for Sunday Mass, yeah. Yeah. right? And so maybe that's Man. where... and. And then in conversation, they're like, well, I know that God accepts me where I'm at. And where I'm at right now is I'm real comfortable in, in, in my flip-flops, right? Yeah. 
And so then we're called to love them and even addressing it like, hey, you know, maybe flip flops. <laughs> Going up for communion, you have that <laughs> that flip flops make, right? <laughs> and, and 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 then we go and tell them, and then they feel like they're not welcome at mass. Yeah, but they are absolutely welcome at mass. And does Jesus love them even if they come in their flip flops? Well, of course. Yeah, I had a I had a moment recently, and I'm not sure if I handled this right, but there there's a gentleman that sits behind me in mass every time, and he. He's part of a, a retreat team that uh, puts on a men's retreat at our parish. And I forget where it was in the Mass. He was recruiting for the retreat during Mass, leaning over to a guy, talking to him and saying, hey, you really should go to this retreat. And it's like, I, I swear it's during the Eucharistic prayers or something. It was, it was at, at a point that it was like, this is inappropriate. You cannot do this now. But I, 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 didn't, I didn't say anything there or whatever. I was just like, oh, crap. You know, and so then afterwards, you know, after mass and everything like that was over, I, I grabbed him and I said, hey, you know, I said his name because I know him. You know, I said, I, 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 you have a great heart for bringing people to this, this, uh, this retreat. And I think it's really good that you're recruiting. But during mass isn't the right time. And he just turned around and walked away from me like he was mad. And he has not said hi to me since then. Like he is not he's not talked to me. Like, did I do that wrong? I don't I don't know. The question is, is is truth being used as a weapon or as a light? Yeah. I don't feel like you were trying to use truth as a weapon, mm. but I believe that he was trying to bring light to people, even though it was misguided or in the wrong context, to invite them on that retreat. And so it's like these two, these two goods are, but one is superior to the other. Yeah. The goodness of the retreat is... Um, at the service of the liturgy, yeah, right? Because yeah. all good flows from the source and the summit, which is Jesus Christ himself showcased in the Eucharist, right? Mm-hmm. And so it flows. Our ministry needs to flow from that reality. So I don't think you were wrong, but maybe you also weren't right. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know either. And this isn't like a moral <laughs> relativism. It's just there's this tension. And then in those things, when we do things wrong, how do we stand up again and say, I need Jesus just as much as the, the cafeteria Catholic that I'm trying to enlighten? Yeah. Yeah, and, and like my hope is that, that the message that came across was the liturgy is important, the Mass is important. But I don't know if that came across. I really I, I have no idea. We'll see. <laughs> if we... Well, these, these issues are complex, these issues are complicated, and I, I don't know how to fully navigate them. And so I, I want to hear from the community. I want to hear from you guys in regards to how do you showcase the truth to where it's not used as a weapon, or what are some pitfalls to avoid? Like... That bumper sticker that says you can't be pro-choice and a Catholic. Mm -hmm. I think that that's a very dangerous bumper sticker that removes on-ramps to the faith. Like, imagine someone coming to the church to confess, and they see that bumper sticker, and they're like, well, I guess I'm not welcome here. No one's welcome here. I'm out, you know? And so how do we do do that? And that's what we were hoping to accomplish in our podcast today, and instead (laughs) we just kind of opened up the issue and been like, oh my goodness, this is a festering wound. What have we gotten into? (laughs) <laughs> yes, exactly. Wherever you listen to us, give us some feedback. Give us a, a shout-out or a like or share our podcast wherever you listen to us. Uh, you can also email us. Where can they email us, Matt? At mla at ablazeyouth.org. Here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, you go alone. And if you want to go far, go together. Take some time this week and pray for other ministry leaders. Pray for how we can better receive, better, I don't know, be community with Cafeteria Catholics. And ourselves be humble enough to acknowledge that we don't 
possess the fullness of anything. And, uh, and we'll see you next time on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless. God bless. Hold on. Don't use truth as a weapon, Taylor. Don't use our misspoken words as a weapon. <laughs> Even if they turn into really cool rap songs. That's not a weapon, dude. That was joy. That was fun. I, I know. <laughs> I know. But self-deprecating humor is like my defense net mechanism because I'm broken. Way back machine. Way back machine. Way back machine. Way back machine. Let me hop in my way back machine and go check. 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 I love me some Jesus applesauce. Greasing the ignorance. <laughs>